When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, subscribe, and be part of what we're doing here, because when you subscribe, you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with our awesome shows, NBA Observations, Do You Know Your Lakers Trivia, Lakers History 101, Magic Man in the Morning, the Lakers Snack Pack, and of course our awesome post games. So you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with those. Plus, if you can support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week. Of course, our good friends at Simblades. Mr. Joe Soro driving home from the game, San Diego game, that is. Go ahead and support him today at Sinblades, Sinblades with a Y.com, or check him out as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. You know, Laker Tom is happy. You heard him yesterday. You know, you got to go ahead and check out what he's writing about when it comes to the Lakers at Lakerholics.com. Jamie Sweet will have his five things articles up as well. So go ahead and check it out today at Lakerholics.com. Also, as well, you want to go ahead and check out our good friend Stone Hansen, who does such a sensational job with the guys at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. So go ahead and check them out today at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. And if you can support all that, including our good friend, Mr. John McCallion, I'm just so happy for you, man. You've lost 30 pounds already. Uh, you know, your target goal, you're on your way to doing that. So proud of you, my friend. Go ahead and check out. His journey, as he showcases it, plus some great conversations as well on the John McCallion channel. So subscribe to that as well. And if you could do all that, it is sincerely appreciated. But I also have a big shout out for each and every one of you who was part of our game one post-game coverage of the NBA playoffs between the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Huge numbers for us. Huge amount of subscribers. And I cannot thank you enough from all of us right here at the Lakers fast break, but it is the NBA playoffs. The game just ended in Sacramento. And I'll tell you what, it was a little bit more physical to say the least, a little bit more dream on green to say the least as uh, they got a really physical there. He got ejected for trying to go ahead and uh, use DeMontis Sabonis as a springboard after DeMontis Sabonis tried to go ahead and grab his leg, well, he tried to use his ribs as far as a bouncing point, as we saw there, if, if you're watching the game. But you know what? I don't think he'll be suspended for it. He may. I, I don't know. But heading into game three, we'll talk about that series coming up. We'll talk about all the NBA series. Plus, also as well, want to focus in on what the Magic Man says about Austin Reeves and Rui Hashimura. Can we give Good performances from them again in game two. We'll find out his thoughts coming up on the show as well. But it is, of course, 
the man behind so much of what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is the magic man indeed, the man man from Toronto. He is out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and join us on NBA Observations, the host of Magic Man in the Morning, and also many of our Lakers snack packs. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, I guess before we go into the Lakers, because that's obviously where most of our crowd wants to go, I do want to talk about some of the NBA playoff action. The Brooklyn series between Brooklyn and Philadelphia, that looks like it's, as Matt Hardy would say, over. Because it is over already after two games where Philadelphia has clearly, clearly laid themselves to be a class and a level above the the Brooklyn Nets. Very interesting what we're seeing, though, in Sacramento. Let's talk about that game as Sacramento wins in a home game. Number two, two games in a row. They're leading 2-0 on the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions. Why does it not concern me right now that they're up 2-0? I have a feeling this is going to go 7, and it's all dependent on if Golden State ever takes a road game in Sacramento. Absolutely, Gerald. I I, I kind of felt the same thing. If I was uh, in the Warriors locker room or on that team, I wouldn't wouldn't be breaking a sweat over necessarily being down 0-2. Uh, you got game three coming up at home. You should be able to take that one. It's a must win. So I'd expect them to bounce back and win that game. They really, you know, game one was really a toss up. It, it could have went either way. Sacramento played the better game of the two teams. So they won. They deserve to win this game. It's almost as if Sacramento, the Warriors were giving Sacramento an opportunity. To just take it just take it away and it just seemed that that for whatever reason Sacramento's momentum just it didn't carry over to game two because Golden State tried to muck it up they tried to be really physical even more so than in game one much more so than game one game one was all about flying around offense I absolutely loved it thought it was a fun game for me to watch as an NBA fan Game two was more physical, was more playoff-centric in that sense, more like what Joe was looking for in a playoff game. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, uh, you know, it, to me, though, you're right. It seemed like Sacramento, at several points in time, left the door open for Curry and Thompson to create some magic. It didn't seem like they had quite enough, though, to get the job done. No, not at all, Gerald. Um, Steph had of his worst shooting games from beyond the arc uh, in the playoffs in some time. He's 3 of 13. He just seemed that his shot was off tonight. And, uh, you know, he he was able to drive. But that's mostly because Sacramento, as, as you've stated before, as much as Sacramento can score 132, they can give up 128 just as easily. So it almost was like Moses parting the Red Sea at some points in the fourth quarter with Steph being able to drive and, um, excuse me, um, uh, Gary Payton being able to cut and Andrew Wiggins. It just seemed that he was able to do, uh, you know, what he what he can as a point guard, but as a you, combo guard. You say guard- that, though. You say that, though, and the much maligned Sacramento defense held Golden State to 106 points. If you would have told me that before the start of the series, I would have said that's incredible from go- from the standpoint of Sacramento. Oh, 100%. I mean, uh, how many times are, are you going to see the Warriors – shoot uh 32% from beyond the arc that's 13 exactly. of 40 um that that's likely not going to happen again so like you said Gerald uh the warriors couldn't hit from deep so they were just trying to muck it up and trying to uh extend the game as long as they could um unfortunately they kind of unraveled there uh in the middle of the fourth quarter and it started with uh Draymond Green and uh, Sabonis uh, having a little tete-a-tete of their own that distracted away from the game. So we were actually watching, me and Gerald, and I'm sure millions of other people, were watching more Sabonis and Green rather than the actual Kings and Warriors through that sequence. I will tell you this, though, with DeMontis Sabonis, uh, he might actually, after he files charges at the local police station in Sacramento, he might actually get a full ice bath. And I'm talking from head to toe, 
head to toe because literally he got hit and popped at some point in time during the game from head to toe. His jaw, a side of the head, he got, uh, you know, in the legs. He was grabbing, his, you know, they, you know, what, obviously his ribs when, when Draymond Green jumped off of them. So, yeah, just just really a, a hard time for Sabonis, but they got the job done anyways. And, again, it goes to Golden State. But, again, I'm also thinking that Golden State is such a tremendous home team, and they've been down like this before, so this is not anything really to them that they're going to tie it up. The question is, can Golden State take a game in Sacramento? I think that's what it's just going to come down to. Yeah, the crowd was really on top of them again tonight. Um, it was hard for Steve Kerr to communicate sets with uh, with the guys. It seemed like he was just trying to run out to half court just so he can yell at them and so they can understand what he's trying to uh, call out. I don't know, Gerald. You know, Sacra, um, the Warriors finished with one of the wor worst road records of a uh, top six team in NBA history. They won less than 10 games on the road. That's really bad. Even for a, <laughs> even for a play-in team, that'd be terrible. For a top six, it's absolutely atrocious. So is it possible that that the Warriors win one out of four road games. It's possible, you know. Ten... Well, it's going to have to be possible because that's what they have to do in order to win the series. Yes, yes. Uh, I would say it's it's. I would say it's fifty fifty right now, Gerald. I it, wow. I wouldn't put past the Sacramento Kings to just win all four home games. Well, they're such a bad road team overall this season. You know, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to get it done. But in order for them to go ahead and move on to the next round, they're going to have to get it done on the road in Sacramento. And they haven't as of yet. And that's why they're down 2-0. Again, the other matchup this, uh, this evening was Brooklyn and the Philadelphia 76ers with Philadelphia 76ers laying waste again to the Brooklyn Nets, 96-84, in a game that really wasn't all that competitive in the second half. Do you see Brooklyn getting a game from this? I mean, Joel didn't even have to be dominant today. He got 19 rebounds, but only 20 points. Tyrese Maxey was uh, 33, I think it was his was his score. Do, do they, I mean, seriously, do you think that's going to be a sweep? Do you think Brooklyn's even going to get a game from them? I thought I thought if there was going to be a game to get Gerald, it was probably that first half. It they were only up by by five at halftime. Felt like they should have been up by you know half a a dozen, fifteen mm -hmm. points at least. Um, Philly couldn't hit a, a pee into the ocean uh, <laughs> for about fifteen straight minutes. So I thought you know if Brooklyn was going to probably get a game, it be be either that first half or game three, but. Something tells me, man, this is going to be a sweep now. I I thought the Nets were were good for a game, but um, and and, and I'll still profess, like like uh, you and Nick and uh, myself have talked about, they they have the best others in the NBA collectively, but for some reason Jacques Vaughn uh, is not playing Cam Thomas uh, through two games. Uh, I'm not sure why. I haven't really recalled uh, Yudo Watanabe playing either. So uh, I guess Jacques, Jacques Vaughn just uh, shortened his bench and decided this is who he's going to roll with. And I guess it's going to be a sweep. That's surprising with Watanabe because he was doing so well for a great portion of the season. Actually was leading the league at three-point shooting at one time. So that's something to be considerate of when you go ahead and think about whether or not that Brooklyn can take a game. Uh, Mark says, how does Drayvon Green keep getting away with such dirty plays, stomping on a player, is not stepping on a player? Y you know, uh, he could say that he was retaliating because of the grabbed leg by DeMonte Savonis. I personally think he will get no more than a fine. I have to see it to believe it that they're going to suspend him because it's not an outright kick in the nuts like he's done before, as we've seen already in playoff action. But I will say, though, that even without him, they will win game three. Golden State right now, you can pretty much count on it because they're so much better at home. I really think that they're going to win games three and four, send it back to Sacramento. And again, the question becomes, can Sacramento go ahead and win all four home games? 
or will Golden State actually be able to take one eat despite the fact that they're such a horrendous road team this season? Mm-hmm. We'll find out on that. But there are other great series. And again, yes, we will be covering the Lakers on the back end of the show. We wanted to go ahead and touch on the playoffs real quick because without the playoffs in total, it wouldn't be a basketball fan's dream right now because we're getting so much great NBA action. I will say, though, that the Milwaukee Bucks, they have some concerns, but it looks like Giannis Antetokounmpo did survive the scare. I know you had mentioned that he had cracked his table, tailbone. X-rays actually came up negative. So let's just say it's a very bruised tailbone as he heads back into the lineup on, on uh, I believe, Tuesday for their game two. So your thoughts on this, my friend, because I think that Milwaukee is going to get it done this time around. Yeah, Gerald, uh, when I saw him fall, I, I, I looked on um, social media at, at some of the uh, Bucks reporters and, and other people who, who cover uh, Milwaukee sports, and there was concern that uh, the injury was more serious than it actually turned out to be. Like the 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 whole arena went into a, almost like a, a deathly silence. It was eerie. I'm glad to see Giannis is all right, and there's going to be um, – a healthy uh, Bucks team moving forward. Yeah, it, that was probably Miami's game to take. That uh, Giannis was out for uh, for the game, so I I I don't see them taking another game. I would I I half expect the Bucks to dominate probably the next two or three. And well, I maybe, think they'll take the next four. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect a, much of a fight from Miami unless uh, unless they want to win game three or four in South Beach, but I don't expect that to happen. So I, I, I think, I, I think if, if uh, Giannis is healthy or enough, I think that they've got uh, – I think that that's going to motivate them to go ahead and, and sweep it and sweep yeah. it from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I, Maybe I think... Miami can take another game, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. South but Beach flu. South Beach flu. flu. You never know, right? You never know. But I think, yeah, you're right, Gerald. Max six, I think. But I, I, I think you're right. The, the Bucks are going to dominate the next four. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's NBA Observations. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Wanted to go ahead and make sure everybody knows about what's going on with the NBA playoffs. The Boston Celtics and Atlanta Hawks. Game two is Tuesday. I don't see any which way after what I saw in the first game that the Boston Celtics are going to have any problem with Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta takes a, one of the home games, but I think this is also going to be a gentleman's sweep as well. Yeah, I, I mean, when I originally uh, did my prediction, I looked back in the notes. I, I had Boston in five, but I remember I, I told you I thought it was going to be a sweep. So, you know, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – Puss out now. I, I I do think it's 
it's going to be a sweep. But you're right, Joe. I think at most Atlanta takes a game, probably game three, if they're really desperate. But I also see a gentleman's sweep as well as Boston moves on to the second round. And I know that's something that's concerned Joe as far as the momentum that that team can carry, especially that they see that that Milwaukee is getting off to a rough start. So we'll definitely see what happens there. When it comes to what we're seeing, though, in the other Eastern Conference playoff mix right there between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Knicks, the Knicks have already gotten off to a 1-0 lead. Their game is Tuesday as well. My friend, it looks like that this is going to be a barn burner. I still think it's going to go seven. Uh, the Knicks have every every chance now, now that they're leading 1-0, to show everybody that they can go ahead and really get things done. Uh, I, it, to me, it's still a toss-up. Uh, it comes down to, I think, that can the Knicks get enough scoring with their various options as opposed to Cleveland, who will always get scoring from Donovan Mitchell. Your thoughts on this series? Again, Right now, New York leads 1-0. Are they going to go ahead and make Spike Lee happy, or are they going to go ahead and unfortunately not get things done the rest of the way out? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? Um, I have I, I happen to think Cleveland will come back strong in game two. Uh, Evan Mobley didn't really uh, have the best of, of games. No, he uh, did not look good at all. No. And um, I'm sure he'll – be slightly motivated also because I thought he'd receive more uh, defensive player of the year votes than he got. Um, so I half expect them to just come out with uh, guns a blazing, uh, especially considering Donovan Mitchell was the only player who showed up for them in game one, but it took him over 30 shots to get 38 points. That's not really the way Cleveland wants to play. Bick JB Bickerstaff likes to, uh, have his guards play a very sound uh, pace game, and he likes to uh, have his bigs kind of control the tempo in the paint uh, as much as possible. That didn't happen. Gerald uh, Thibodeau and, you know, even Julius Randle, who, again, as we kind of speculated, wouldn't have the best shooting night. He was still trying to be impactful as he could, and he really disrupted uh, Cleveland's front court. Um, I, I expect a very close game, but I, I really think Cleveland, the onus is on Cleveland to come out here and, and win game two because if you're down 0-2 going into uh, Madison Square Garden, probably the biggest game the Knicks have had in probably the past, oh, I don't know, 18 years. It's, oh, you know, uh, everybody's going to, MSG is yeah. going to be yeah, hopping. Yeah. Yes. So I, I, I almost think it's a must win if you're Cleveland for a game two. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, definitely I agree with you on that. Uh, Adam, okay. I meant the Lakers uh, out there for Nets. But yeah, absolutely. But uh, when it comes to what we're seeing here, though, with another series, when it comes to Minnesota and Denver, my friend, I'm not sure the first glance – it's going to give you the real test on that. I think that Denver will win still easily in five or six games. I don't think, though, that this first game where you had a tired Minnesota Timberwolves team going into the thin air in Denver, I think that they had no chance in that first game. But now that they've had a couple more days to acclimate themselves in that environment, do you see that they may pull off a little bit more than what uh, we were thinking initially after that blowout? I really think that they got a decent chance to go ahead and sneak a couple of games on Denver in this series. Yeah, I, I, I think they do. I think they do. Um, uh, Carl Anthony Towns needs to play better, though. Um, yeah, he, he was He was really um, ineffective after uh, about the first five minutes of the game. He was really yeah. tired. He looked yeah, tired. he was. He did look tired, Gerald. You're right. He did look tired. Anthony Edwards led the team with 18 points, so you have to expect Minnesota to not come up with uh, an 80-point effort again. Uh, you know, at least get it in, you know, the 110s is where they, they kind of like to play. So well, We're waiting for this Anthony Edwards explosion, explosion. to happen here in this post-season. Uh, you know, and I've not seen it as of yet, uh, which is kind of strange from someone who's supposed to be so athletic, supposed to be uh, so great handling the ball, supposed to have a lot of these gifts. 
And I just don't see him taking command. We didn't see it in the game against the Lakers. We haven't seen it yet so far. I, I mean, he had the decent game on Friday, but I think still that we need to see him up his game even more so he can go ahead and achieve the level of status I think a lot of people have him pegged for. But also, like you said, Cat has to really shoot well from the outside and probably get 25 to 30 himself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we all know Nikola Djokic is not the most uh, fleet of foot defensively. So the further you can bring him out, even from from the paint, is a win because that'll open up uh, space for uh, uh, Ant and uh, a couple of other of their athletes, although they – Gerald, in a series like this, they really do miss uh, McDaniels. They really Absolutely. do miss him. Um, he could be very disruptive on the perimeter, especially uh, not allowing Jamal Murray to get almost 10 rebounds. Um, he was very effective on the boards for Denver. I don't expect that to happen again. I expect uh, somebody to uh, cover him. Uh, so it, it should be a different game. You have to expect Memf- uh, Minnesota to just show up here and at least give it a go in the fourth quarter. I mean, that third quarter, they were outscored 32-14. to 14. They didn't even show up. Yeah, absolutely. I think they just, again, it's a tired team. Can they recover enough in the thin air in Denver to go ahead and acclimate themselves enough for it to maybe sneak out a victory? I think it'll be a lot closer than what you saw the first game around. Uh, we'll definitely see on that one, but it is the Lakers fast break. It is NBA observations. And before we get to the Lakers, just a little bit more to cover here at the NBA playoffs. I know we've talked a little bit already about Sacramento and golden state. We've already talked about what's gone on with Denver and Minnesota. The other LA team, the one we don't like got a, victory on the road in Phoenix thanks to Kawhi Leonard being Kawhi Leonard and looking like a Kawhi Leonard type of game. But the big thing was, and the big story was, was Russell Westbrook, of all people, who had a typical Russell Westbrook Lakers-style game, 3 of 19, yet still managed to make some plays on the defensive end, especially one on Booker at the very last second to go ahead and vault his team to victory. Your thoughts on this series and this game, my friend, because again, after that, he went into the the clubhouse, I guess, for the season ticket holders. And I guess he was cutting through and chewed out a fan who was calling him Westbrook. <laughs> you know, when I'm three for 19, I guess you could probably t- call me all the brick names you, you want, really, personally, but he always takes offense to it. But to go ahead and drop an F-bomb standing right above the guy's kid, I thought was inappropriate. I think he think he should have held himself back on that. He, you know, that part I disagree with on, on what he was saying. But, he, you know, going after the guy and telling what for outside of that, you know, it was all right. I would have – he the guy probably deserved it for calling Westbrook. But your thoughts on this, my friend, because, again, you've got a team in the Clippers that was without Paul George, but they took game one. They probably won't have George throughout the series is what the Clippers are telling us. But right now the Clippers are, have the advantage. Yes, they do drilled. And by the way, hats off to the, uh, that young man who was unfazed by everything. He just kept, wanted to eat his pizza, just, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did. Pizza. I, I was wondering what it was, what he was eating at first. Whether it was a sirloin steak or beef jerky. Yeah, I heard it. I, from what I've heard on the, the podcast, it was a sirloin Lloyd pizza. pizza. Yeah. So that I kid, want one of those. Man. So do I. So do I. And if I was hangry as that young man was, I would be unfazed about what was going on as well. I focus on what I'm eating when I'm hangry. But we but, digress. You know, but we would probably be if we went to Phoenix right now, became season ticket holders, and went in there with Laker jackets and Laker sweats on, and then tried to go ahead and get free pizza, sirloin tip pizza. I don't think the other Phoenix fans out there would take kindly to a couple of Lakers fans eating their sirloin tip pizza. So we'll leave Not it at, at that. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, we should call them West Starks. I mean, he. Yeah, you know, Mark, I think that's right. You know, if I'm making $48 million, Call me anything you want. That's what Mark is saying. Yeah, actually, I agree with you. If I'm making forty-eight million, who's who's the one going home with a smile on their face? You or the guy with the son with a sirloin tip pizza? Yeah. <laughs> 
We should start calling him uh, Russell West Starks because uh, he played like John Starks yesterday. That was like, look, we've never, and I want to, I want to be clear about this. We have never ever questioned his desire to win the game. He plays to win. It's just the style of play has bothered us to no end. Execution is the choices. You know, the, the lack of clutch play in the clutch, those type of things have really bothered us. But then again, it worked yet last night for him that he was able to, despite having a typical Russell Westbrook day at three for 19, he was able to do enough to get the job done. Oh, 100%. The, uh, the, la- the, the last sequence uh, defensively uh, summed it up perfectly. Uh, shot is missed. Uh, he can't grab the rebound, so he decides I'm gonna throw it off Devin Booker, who's too busy arguing with the refs over not having a foul called to even pay attention to the loose ball. Um, kind of typified Booker's career. Up maybe he was point. thinking about the yeah. sirloin. T- well, maybe he was thinking about the sirloin tip pizza. Maybe he was. Maybe, maybe he was. was. Because now you're making me hungry. Sirloin pizza. There you go. Hey, Joe. Joe's on the road coming back for the Padres game, which they lost two to zero. It is Joe Sorrell for LakersBall.com. So pardon the road uh, noise out there. Joe, great to have you here, my friend. Uh, did you get yourself some sirloin tip pizza while you were out in San Diego? I, I was. I was just gonna ask, what the hell is sirloin tip pizza? Did oh, Joe did. Didn't you see the uh, the video of Russ uh, Russ telling the fan to shut up? I I don't I don't know which video you're talking about. I think he's done that like forty times in his. Career. Well, it which was from yesterday. It was from yesterday, Joe. When, it was from when... yesterday. No, I don't think it was that after the all that said. I think it was halftime. Halftime, or yeah. Yeah, it was halftime. He came out. There's there's basically an entry. There's basically a a club for season ticket holders where you could get free food. And during the pandemic, the players on the visiting side, they used that as a shortcut to go right to the court. And I guess Russell Westbrook was still doing that. And the guy called him Westbrook. And next thing you know, you see the video of the guy of Westbrook in his face uh, telling him to MF, don't call me that MF, MF. And then, you know, right below when he's yelling the MF, is a, like an eight or nine year old kid holding on to a pizza, a sirloin. It got it looked like steak pizza. Unfazed, I, unfazed, yeah. not even not even worried about the conversation. Yeah, because I think Obi Omosuk from uh, ESPN he he verified it was like a sirloin pizza because he had it as well. So <laughs> that's why we're talking sirloin pizza on the show, my friend. But yeah, just another Russell Westbrook performance there. Any thoughts on the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers as the Clippers lead 1-0, my friend? Yeah, there's there seems to be something that uh, that's working in LA where their cohesiveness is just it's it doesn't matter if Paul George is playing, if Kawhi's having an off night, they just seem like they got a good team concept there. Phoenix Phoenix lost their first game with Durant in the starting lineup. So, I mean, it was eventually going to happen. It just happened to be the first game of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to go with that at the moment. Uh, we'll be able to cut on all a little bit more with uh, with game two's finality. But I, I – to talk about in terms of specific games or series, I, I – I, I, I'm happy to say that I, I what I thought was going to happen with Sacramento is actually happening. Everyone thought, everyone said that they wanted to play Sacramento in the first round. And they are putting a shellacking on the Warriors right now. And don't be surprised if they end that series in five. No, I think it's going to go seven, Joe. I think it all depends on if if uh, Golden State will win a, uh, a game on the road, which, again, as you and I both know, they have not done very much of the season. So we'll see if they can do that. I think they're going to take both games uh, in Golden State. I think it's just going to be, you know, they win two, Golden State wins two, Sacramento wins in Sacramento, Golden State wins game six, and then it all comes down to game seven. I think this 
This has the earmarks of seven. I really like how competitive it is. It got really nasty and ugly tonight. You saw DeMontis Sabonis basically getting mugged. Uh, I think he still needs to go and file a police report, but we'll see what happens there as they, that series continues on later in the week. But now we get to the point where we're here talking about the Lakers and the Grizzlies, my friend. I'm glad you're here for it. Once again, it's NBA Observations. It is Joe Soro, Magic Man in the morning, Sean Grice, and also as, me, as well, me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Again, thanks so much for being part of our huge, huge, over 2,000 people either watched or listened to our awesome show post game on Sunday. So we truly appreciate you taking the time to doing so. Cannot thank you enough for supporting us here at the Lakers fast break, but it is the Lakers because they won that we had so much support and they did win. Indeed. Your thoughts, Joe, on this, when it comes to Austin Reeves, who I was commenting in the email last night, as far as thinking back on it, as I was watching a replay, Austin Reeves could have been a type of player going off the two-way that we could have signed for a like a three or four year deal for a really cheap cheap low price of maybe like what five six million one of those really low-end deals those low-cost deals that you see a lot of these second rounders and two-way players get once they come off the two-way your thoughts now as Austin Reeves has definitively proven me wrong and that he's actually can be a great starting player on a winning team well, in defending the Laker organization on this one, I, I, I seriously doubt the Lakers thought Austin Reeves, an undrafted player, would turn into currently a third star on the Lakers. Yes, he is the third star. It's not D'Angelo Russell. It's not Vanderbilt. It's not Beasley. It's, at this moment, it's Austin Reeves. And his performance isn't about just numbers. I mean, he has the numbers, but it's when he produces the numbers. And his, I guess his aura is just lifting the team into another level. And the Lakers have to start getting an understanding that out of all the things that they've made mistakes in, there's one thing where they haven't made a mistake even during the lean years of the Julius Randles and the first stint with D'Angelo Russell and Ronzo Ball is their talent evaluation and development is off the charts good. And you have to stop you have to stop looking at those picks, or I should say those acquisitions. And going, well, we'll just give him a two-year and hope for whatever, whatever. I'm like, you guys are doing something right here. Start paying attention a little more to these guys. But, I mean, I guess, how, how can you? You know, undrafted guy, again? Yeah, but the same thing was with THT and now Max Christie, if he blows up. But you see with Austin Reeves, these guys, you know, like you said, he's going to get a lot of money in the offseason. This could have been prevented with some better thought this, process. This, this is, like that's a hindsight, Ger Gerald. This is a hindsight. There's no way anyone thought he would turn into this there's just no way you cannot convince me that anyone knew anything no not in into that this per se but he could have been again somebody that could have been effective as a rotation player as far as on the as a floor from what we were seeing even last year okay they probably assumed okay this guy could be a rot rotational player and we've discussed the fact that austin reeves would likely be his best his best position would be coming off the bench as a six man and probably winning six man of the year awards left and right throughout his career. But he even has surprised us in that it, this and guy this looks like a starter. He does not look like a six man anymore. I thought he was a six man a few months ago. Now I'm going, man, this guy might actually be a starter because he has a can he's got this canny ability to control the ball in traffic and not only do that make a shot when he's being fouled. I mean, that's not, you cannot put a value on that. That's a frustrating, that's very frustrating for a defense. It doesn't matter what it is. And it didn't matter if Jaw was, was guarding him. It didn't matter if Triple J was hovering around. He just seems to slither around. It's very Manu Ginobili-like. Yes, and you've made that the reference several times. Yes, I'm starting to believe a little bit of it. Yes, I mean he's not. He doesn't have the speed. He'll never have the speed of Manu, but he is. 
he if he continues to hone in on his skills and continue to develop in the next two to three years, this guy, this guy will be a star. He will be a star next to stars. He won't be a number one, probably not a number two, but absolutely a bona fide three, kind of in the in the mode of a Lamar Odom. A Lamar Odom was the perfect three during the back-to-back title teams in the late 2010s. So I, 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 I can't, I can't, you can't predict something like that. I don't think you could have looking at how he came out of college. You just can't. The only thing that's kind of disappointing is there was a question asked on LakersBall.com. I, I've been neglecting my crew over there a lot. So I, I try to spend a little bit more time today talking to them. One uh, particular poster had a really good question. They're like, well, who would you pick between Austin Reeves and uh, Alex Caruso? And my first response was, I want both. <laughs> and, they have uh, the opportunity to sign both. And you see yeah, what happened and, there. And, and I, I, I think the Lakers need to, you know, Max Christie needs to be a, now you need to start looking at Max Christie a little different because Max Christie has a little bit of flair, a little bit of confidence in him. Don't, don't, you know, Give that guy a shot. and But then it goes to... back to Joe. Which, the reason why we don't have Alex Caruso is because we, the THT contract. The THT contract wouldn't have been signed had the Lakers had originally gone and done what, what most teams do with their two-year, uh, their second-round draft picks to a three-, four-year contract for very cheap prices. They would have never had well, put Luz, in themselves in that situation. I think losing Alex had more to do with the fact that they, they took a chance. They decided to choose – Taylor Horton Tucker, but again because they had it, yeah, but they had to sign him. Had they done the right thing in the first place and just signed him to the but one, but how do you again. know? How do you know, Gerald? How do you know that Alex Caruso would have turned what he's another undrafted player? You don't know this. You just but the don't thing, know. It's it. a low risk, but it's so low risk of signing for what a million and a half a year over those that first three four year contracts. Those are designed to be low risk, potentially high reward type of contracts i i would say in your defense i would say with the positiveness in undrafted high second round picks maybe it's time that they start thinking about that now maybe there's some people out there that need to remind them i mean because the other draft picks around max christie got four-year deals for six million dollars and i'll just leave it that while christie only got signed for two this is a habit they've got themselves into. Well, the habit is, I'll tell you why they do that. They, the habit is always trying to make sure that they don't get themselves in any kind of contracts that they're going to be uh, saddled with in case they need money or something to tr- make a big trade. The Lakers have always been about the big star. They've always been about making the big trade. So maybe by not having that that contract go beyond a certain time, maybe that's what they're trying to do to free up you know, money. John, weigh in on this, my friend. Who is right and who is wrong? Actually, it doesn't need to be a right or wrong. The fact I'm is right. we still I'm right. we still win because Austin Reeves I'm right. has, there's exceeded, no, there's no discussion. has exceeded all of our operations. Hush for a second, man. <laughs> You're on the side of the road. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, I was going to say, um, no. I'm not going to be Switzerland here. <laughs> Yeah, they should have signed him to a normal rookie level contract, Gerald. There's this is a mandate, seemingly. When you've done it once, okay, maybe you're guessing on the player, but when you've done it three times now with three mm-hmm. different players, it tells me there's a pattern, tells me there's a way and a concept of how they're thinking as opposed to other NBA teams. Yeah, it's it's almost as if they're 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 hedging they're, their bets. The bets, exactly. We're we're on the same wavelength here. That's exactly what they're doing. Oh, if they blow up, yeah, we'll deal with it then. But if they're if they're not being effective, well, we could just dispose of a contract and bring somebody else in who we think. Well, it's only a million, job. million and a yeah, half a year that's exactly. really, really yeah. Just yeah. really just nickel like, and diming unnecessarily yeah. so. It, it is, it is, and it's irritating, but again, it is uh water under the bridge because we still have Austin Reeves for now. We don't know if we will in the summer. We'll have to wait and see. Well, my friend. I, I will say this, Gerald. Um that March seventh game, if 
if uh, anybody's got time uh, tonight or tomorrow to rewatch that, I would. Uh, that's when the Lakers played the Grizzlies last before game one. LeBron did not play that game. Um, but Troy Brown Jr., Austin Reeves, and Rui Eshimer all played effectively in that game. And they all played effectively in game one as well. So I expect Rui and Austin to come out in game two and play really well. I'm not expecting Rui to score 29 points again. And that's one thing I want to ask you. I mean, I mean, when you see Austin Reeves doing as well as he did and Rui was as well as he did, you can't expect them both to play at that high of level each and every time out yet. Maybe Austin Reeves is closer to it, but Rui, you're not, if you were thinking that Rui is going to get 29 points again, I understand what Desmond Bain is saying, but when it comes to as Joe spins around as far as where he's at, well, you know, I, I get what Desmond Bain is saying, you know, let's see Rui do it again. I'm just asking for 15. If he can give me 15 to 17, I think the Lakers will still put themselves in a great position to win. Yeah, I agree, Gerald. Uh, 15 to 17 is just right on the money. Just that that's that's a, a good amount of production where I still think we can pull out a victory. Um, you know, an, another so I did some uh, quick research, Gerald, and um, since the Maxi Kleba three at the buzzer, okay, the, the Lakers have gone nine and three since, and one no in the playoffs. Uh, during that uh, thirteen game stretch, their point differential is seven point eight, which is like we're talking Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Denver Nuggets, good. Now, if you take away the 25-point win against Houston in that uh, little stretch, the point differential is still 5.8. That's still really good, Gerald. That's almost six points a game. I know, but you and I have the eye test. We saw those games heading into the first yeah, it, round. Yeah, you can't really – you can't really – it's it's a, it's a large enough sample size where you think you can you can make heads or tails of it, but you really can't. The Lakers were getting the win – but I think it's yeah. probably the key to yeah. saying that as far as on, they were getting those but, wins, but, but it was a big, yes. a big thing with that. But again, no reason to go ahead and complain from what we saw on Sunday. Absolutely a fantastic game. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Joe, I want to get you while you're on the road again. On the road again. Do, 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 do. What I ought to ask you this, though, you know, Rui is not going to score 29 in game two. Most likely not. What do you need from him or... Maybe we should get from the other guy coming off the bench, Dennis Schroeder, the main cog. It seems like the Lakers rotation is seven players you can count on when it comes to Troy Brown, when it comes to Lonnie Walker or anyone else. They can't really depend on those guys to go ahead and produce for you. But when it comes to Dennis Schroeder, could you see him have a game like like maybe what we saw from Rui in that uh, first game one on uh, on Wednesday? Well, it does seem like that the role players take turns on who's the effective one each game. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't expect Rui to hit five of six threes and scoring yeah. 29 points, but I would like him to hit timely threes at the right moments, which I believe he can still do. And his confidence is way up. He's got something to play for beyond the season. You know, next big contract. Uh, it, it, confidence and money are the two best things a player can have. Playoff, whether the playoffs, whether the uh, regular season, doesn't matter. When you're confident and you got money staring at you in a few months, hey, use that as your fuel, and I believe that's what Rui's using. Uh, Dennis Schroeder always has two good games, one okay game, one bad game. That just kind of factor that in during a week, right? Two, yeah. two good games, one okay game, one bad game. Uh, I don't know if you can constitute this last game as a bad game. I thought it was okay. But it was okay. So either we're going to get a really good game or, or a really bad one next time. But then again, all we need is D'Angelo to continue to make his shots when, when he's got them. And that, that's usually an okay thing. As long as Schroeder or D'Lo are doing their thing, I think we're okay d depending on who it is. Whoever right, it is, long, fine. As long as they don't become invisible, because D'Lo, especially in some games the Lakers, has become invisible. I know that uh, yesterday, when it comes to you, Sean, I'll let you go ahead and continue to drive Joe right now before I hit, hit you back up. When it comes to D'Angelo Russell, I think that's the key to what we're seeing here with with D'Angelo. He's got to be active and involved and invested. You know, he's not the greatest defender in the world, but, you know, he keeps the defense honest because he can hit the three. I see them always trying to play up on him and, and try to rush him because he likes to play at a certain speed. I think that's the key to playing a you know, defense against D'Angelo. But if he's able to get the right screens, he can slip through them and really get his shot. But the thing is, he can't. He has a tendency to go invisible, even in his time in the Lakers. Your thoughts on how important it is for D'Angelo to actually play well on Wednesday? Oh, I, I think that's one of the most important keys to the game, Gerald. I, and I think that starts with, um, look, the, the Anthony Davis got fed early in Game One. I, I, I would still go back to that game plan. I, I would. I would really try and involve D'Angelo Russell as much as I could, Gerald, because you're right. He does have a tendency to get disinterested uh, if he's not getting touches or and or if his shot's not falling. He can, you know, he could have uh, 25 minutes in a game where, you know, he's shooting six of eight, he's three of four from three, and he's got five, six assists. And then there are times when he could play 30 minutes and he's got four points and, and one assist. So he really needs to be more of uh, an agitator, I would say, defensively as well, Gerald, on Wednesday. Especially if Jaw is not there. If Jaw is not playing, I have confidence that if you put either one of Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell on Tyus Jones, they wouldn't they wouldn't look ridiculous. Well, again, to me, it's about trying to keep him focused and into the game because, again, he has a tendency. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, Gerald, exactly, right? He, he has a like, tendency to get, get invisible at times. Adam's saying a point cards combo is pretty solid. It is for the most part, but then again, Adam, you got to admit that sometimes D'Angelo is sometimes hard to find. Yeah, D'Lo's focus can drift. There's no question about that. So. I think what you're looking for is if one of them has an off night shooting, what else are they doing to try and impact the team to try and try and win? Okay. Now, to his credit, in the playing game, D'Angelo did have eight assists against Minnesota. So he was trying to be impactful in other ways. But I would say for the most part, Joe, you're right. It, it's, it, if his shot's falling, it's not just being a, a quality facilitator. You also have to try and be as big of an agitator and a solid defender as you can to help the team. I agree with you on that. Once again, it is NBA observations. It is the magic man of the morning host, Sean Grice. And of course, the guy that's on the road again, it is Joe Soro driving up and down the freeways. Watch out, everyone, if you're driving. Could be Joe Soro coming after you. Joe, I'll let you uh, stop with a final thought on what you're looking forward to this Wednesday for the Los Angeles Lakers. 
Well, considering we, the 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 Grizzlies are not going to have John Morant. I know it's not official, but it just doesn't look like he's going to be there. This is the time to put your foot on the throat and finish this series. You win the first two games in Memphis. You have an injured John Morant who's not playing in game two, likely probably not playing at full strength at all, if at all, the rest of the way. You need to put your foot on the throat and end this. Never in a, did I imagine that they have a shot to sweep Memphis. However, if they play the way they played in game one and game two, they will win that game. And it'll be in a in dominant fashion. And at that point, how do you how do you bet against the Lakers at home with two games? In, in th- how do you how do you bet against the Lakers when they're playing at home in game three and four, up 2-0? I mean, at that point, you gotta the only the only people that are gonna cost them their games is is the Lakers, not you know just playing lackadaisical. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. Well, we'll hope that that's the case because the thing is, you know, the Lakers sometimes pull up those duds at home that we've seen before. But, um, again, this could be an issue where if they win game two, they have so much momentum. If John Moran is continually out of the lineup and his hand hurts too much, obviously that's going to play a key factor as well. Definitely looking forward to hearing more thoughts from you guys tomorrow. We we, we also want to factor in too, Gerald, that the rest in between these games – is a massive advantage for the Lakers. This week, not next week. If they stretch it to seven, it goes day after day after right, day. Right, right. So, but in general, the the there's no back to backs. You get a lot. You get a few two day rests in between. This is at the advantage of the Lakers, and for the Lakers, if they're looking at this as a positive, right? Because I really believe that, you know, I I'm, I'm maybe praising the Kings too much too early here. You're, you're predicting that the Warriors are going to probably tie this up, which would be a good thing because if somehow the Lakers can end the series quickly, uh, that game will go 6-7 if, if the Warriors play as well as they do they have all year at home. Now you get even more rest before you face one of those two teams. Because, Joe, it does not behoove the Lakers to stretch this thing out to five to seven games because games five, six, and seven are played Get this, on a Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So it will be only one day off between those games. So it is imperative that the Lakers try to finish this off as fast as possible. And with Sacramento even leading 2 nothing, and seeing the latest reports on DeMontis Sabonis actually getting x-rays right now on his ribs and his lungs, even though he finished the game, just to make sure he actually still has ribs and lungs intact after what Draymond Green do, uh, did to him as far as trying to leap off of him, off of his lungs, which I thought was, again, just another Draymond Green, uh, Green move indeed. But your thoughts uh, on this, you know, what's going on with the Lakers, Joe, before we head on out, my friend? What's going on with the Lakers uh, is right now their confidence is at an all-time high for this yes. season. And they should be even higher knowing that they're – Memphis's main guy is going to be out. You cannot lose this game if John Morant's not playing. Especially, especially if if you have AD doing what he's doing. And that's the thing here, guys. If AD plays like he did in game one, they're not losing this game. It's that well. Well, Tyus Jones started the last game he played against the Lakers, and the Lakers kicked their ass. So we'll see. Again, that uh, was March. That was March seventh. The Lakers. The Lakers defeated the Grizzlies at Staples. Uh, Tyus is good, but he just does not bring the same dynamic that John Morant does. No, he, he, what he, what he, what he brings to the table in efficiency, he lacks in athleticism and, and charisma out there, Gerald. I agree. I agree as well. But Joe, we're going to let you go on the highway, my friend, Sean, we're going to let you get some sleep late night for you. I know you've been trying to work on some snack packs. Love to get on one of those snack packs with you at some point in time here this week. I'd love to do that. I know Joe as well. Uh, I know you've been trying to reach out to the other members of the staff that's out there as far as the panelists are concerned. So hopefully we can go ahead and get some things done. But we will have shows tomorrow for you and throughout the week. So we've got all, you know, a whole bunch of content coming. Again, we also got the Wednesday, playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break. And, of course, everything when it comes to our post-game shows. And the best chat room that's out there 
right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrow heading out on the highway, watch out. Watch out, Joe. Be careful out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't podcast and drive. They, oh, he's drinking it. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. Watch out. Watch out. Ginger and, ale, ladies and gentlemen. That's ginger ale. It's ginger ale. Guys, it's just water. <laughs> it's just water? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It is just water indeed. But once again, it's Joe Soro, LakersBall.com, and Simblades.com. And, of course, Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto and the host of the Magic Man in the Morning. Hopefully, you'll get a chance to check out our shows this week. we got plenty lined up for you. Got a lot of things that we got to go ahead and take care of. We even got, you know, we even haven't announced the defensive player of the year. Or which which award have we not announced as of yet? Yeah, that's the defensive player of the year. Yeah. Okay, so I'll let you announce that on one of your upcoming snack packs, my friend. But for Magic Man Sean Rice, and of course Mr. Joe Soro, aka Oxide Forty Seven, it's Gerald Glassford from the Lakers Fast Break. If you have any questions for us. Post them below in the comments after we're off the air. Or you can always hit up, hit us up on social media. And, of course, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate everyone out there giving us all the love and support on Sunday. Got a huge amount of support, downloads, views, subscribers. Probably one of our best days ever. Hoping for more good things. Hoping for more great days like that from all of us. Because that means the Lakers win, which is most important. And also means, you know, a lot of good things for us here as well, right here at the Lakers.